Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome back to our podcast, The Ins and Outs in Selling a Business. Today, I'd like to discuss um, a four-letter word. Right? It's a word that, uh, don't worry, it's not an R-rated word, but it is a word that we hear all too often that could have a major impact on business owners. It can cause anxiety, stress, influence how they run their companies, and sometimes they try to avoid it at all costs. This four-letter word can cause dissension among family members of a family business, fracture long-standing partnerships, and trigger disputes among shareholders. This word has literally created a new class of consultants. There have been hundreds of books written about it, thousands of articles and webinars, and yes, even our podcast, The Ins and Outs of Selling a Business, is partially based on it. So what is this word? This word is exit. It sometimes sends a shimmer down the spines of our, our clients, right? You know, planning an exit can be a, a daunting task. We all know that. But not planning could have a major implications on you, your family, and how buyers look and value your business. So when you're ready for exit, when you're ready to exit, and the exit door is over here, when you open that door, do you want to see just darkness with no path forward? Or do you want to open that door and see sunshine? That is a path that you choose when you're ready to exit your business. You know, we discussed this before. The old adage says, we're all going to exit our business at some time. Just a matter of fact. It is what it is, right? So proper planning with the right advisor um, will allow you to exit your plan, exit your business, excuse me, on your terms and the timing that works for you. So to talk about certain aspects of exit planning, we're really pleased and happy to have with us today Richard Austin of Integrated Partners. Rich, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Keith? Good being here today. Thanks for the invite. We appreciate it. Integrated uh, Partners is an independent registered investment advisory firm. They have a national platform, over 200 advisors, and currently manage north of $16 billion in assets. And I just read that they were named to uh, uh, Barron's list of the top 100 uh, registered investment advisories. Congratulations on that. Thanks a lot. Yeah, that was that was um that was a big deal. We're proud of it. Thanks. Good. Well, it's a lot of work. I know you guys have been around for since 1996, and uh, as I said, kudos to your t- your team and your firm. So, Rich, exit right. It's so much finality to the word. Uh, business owners, some embrace it and plan for it, and unfortunately, a lot don't. So, from your perspective, you know, how do you guys look at it? I mean, how do you when you're ready, when your clients come in, your your business owners, clients, your high net worth clients, and they're, how do you approach that subject with them? Yeah, that's 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 a good that's a good question, and that's that's the initial challenge, right? That's the roadblock in, in, initially. And I'm glad you know I'm glad you chose the word exit because it was interesting starting off the podcast with a four letter word, 
kind of thought I knew what you were going to choose, but um, I'm glad you chose that one. Um, so when you're speaking to, and you know this, we've had conversations about it before, when you're speaking to a business owner and you're talking to them about exit, all they can think about is, you know, in their minds is a couple of different things. One, they're not prepared. They don't know what that means. They're not ready to exit. And then there's the there's the inevitable five years from now, right? That's the that's the time frame. But it's really not a date. And so, you know, really, really what the conversation needs to be is about about the business itself. Kind of like, you know, talking to the talking to a business owner about the complexities that they face every day. Um, and you and I go about it from a different way, you know, you from an investment banking standpoint and myself from a wealth management firm, but our firm is unique because we have, you know, with myself being an attorney by background and having a master's in tax, I've been working with business owners on, you know, transactions, whether it's a family transaction or, you know, a sale to, uh, you know, a managed buyout, you know, or a sale to a third party have that experience over the last, you know, 20, 25 years in kind of pulling this together and work obviously working with you. But the the problem is kind of getting the business owner to kind of focus, you know, on their business. I, I like to say to a business owner, you know, they should operate their business like it's for sale tomorrow. Right. So they follow that up with the word exit. What does that mean? It kind of puts the word exit into defining it, you know, we're not talking about you leaving your business tomorrow or a year from now. It's on your terms. But if you operate your business like it's for sale tomorrow, that means that you're, you know, you're. It's easier to run. You're creating more transferable value, you know, in your business. So a higher, a higher, a higher price, whether it's a multiple or increasing revenues, and and then you basically at the time that you've designated to sell your business or to transfer your business to family or key employees, you know, your options, um, you know, you can, it's basically, if you operate that way, you have a higher expectation of meeting those goals. So I think if we follow up the word exit with that definition, I think you get into a deeper conversation and then start to talk about the goals. Yeah. I think that's a really good point because I was thinking about this, you know, coming, coming to, uh, uh, to the studio today. Right. And I'm saying to myself, you know, exit has so much finality to it. And so it makes you feel vulnerable as a business owner, right? And I said, you know, it's not really an exit. It's like a, a change of ownership, right? You're going to sell. You, you, we have so many clients that either sold their business and, and stayed on over a two, three-year period as an employee, we had so many clients that sold a portion of their business, right? And they kept a piece, but they were able to, let's say, mitigate risk by taking some chips off the table at the point in their lives where they wanted, like, they didn't want to spend that extra $10 million on new equipment to expand a business at 65 years old, but they felt good about how they feel and they wanted to run it. So bringing in a potential partner uh, that's going to take, help you mitigate some of that risk then you can kind of fill out your, you know, uh, wealth plan that you, uh, integrated, put together, you know, so that word, you know, as you said, getting them to listen and embrace it and to see how this all works, you know, it's kind of that next chapter, yeah. right? That next stage. So how, how do you guys proceed with this? I mean, it's like, you know, you have this, 
it's it's sometimes as you you hard right it's hard to get somebody to to sit down and 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 realize to look long term i mean they're in the, they're battling day to day with their customers with their uh, vendors with with their employees with whatever you know just you know every day and then all of a sudden they got to kind of think about take a breath and think about this how how do you guys approach that yeah, that's that's a that's a really good question. So many different things to kind of talk about just in that you know couple of statements. Um, but yeah, let's focus on the you know kind of addressing the busy business owner um, and getting them to focus on the importance of you know of you know of growing their business and you know and putting putting a plan in place for for an exit. I think that the I think having them realize that. A business that is so dependent on them is basically a negative impact, you know, on the business where it could be a much higher value. And so let me give you an example. So when I'm sitting with a business owner and initial discovery conversation talking about, and you'll ask very similar questions, I know, is, you know, around sales, you know, who's, you know, if it's, if it's multiple owners, um, you know, uh, a bunch of employees, and it doesn't matter what the industry is, but who's responsible for bringing in the business, bringing in the revenue. If it's predominantly, you know, on the business owner themselves, and some of those skills have not been transferred over to key employees, a leadership team, they haven't grown to that next level. Is that business really transferable the way it is today. So if the business is so dependent on a business owner, then, you know, then it's going to either, they're going to have a low probability of a successful exit and, or, and most likely a much lower value. So putting that in perspective and just jumping back for a second, when, how does a business owner, where do you start? What's important to kind of look at for getting a business ready for an exit. And, and I really think that there's three different things, you know, that needs, and they're obvious, right? It's the business itself, it's the business owner, and it's the market, right? And so we've had conversations about this and, you know, different times, you know, with a business owner about, you know, you know or different industries and what's going on in the market. So the market piece, you can't really control what's going on in the market, but you can be aware from a timing standpoint, and you want to be ready when it's the right time to to exit, um, and or there's an opportunity, and like you know, or there's like some type of synergy with either you know a strategic or private equity. But really, where you know before you get ready to get to that point, you're kind of looking at the business owner themselves, their personal mental readiness and their financial readiness, you know, for an exit, setting that time frame of when it might be. Um, and the business itself is the business dependent on the business owner, the different value drivers, you know, for a business, you know, you know, just increasing transferable value and some key ones to kind of to focus on, you know, would be um, the leadership team. Is there a leadership train? You know, are, are the employees happy? How are the, what are their compens- what is their compensation like? If there was a transfer of the business, would, you know, would those key employees stay on? you know, there's different types of compensation plans or deferred benefits that can be used in certain situations, you know, where it encourages, you know, it gives an employee more of an equity feel in a company rather than just being, you know, an employee. Um, I guess key ones that I see, and you can, you know, you chime in here too, but 
you know, when most business owners that I'm talking to, one of the one of the big ones that I see is either high customer satisfaction. So, you know, no high, high customer concentration. concentration. So where yeah. Yeah. there's, um, you know, where there's a customer who's, you know, bringing who's who's basically 30 percent or more of their revenue, you know, that's a high concentration. And so kind of talking to them and I have one client that we kind of work through and they've naturally actually, you know, expanded their business and they're less concentrated on that one client. And sometimes it's hard to do because maybe your business is just so dependent on that one client and it's just a really good business model. Or it could be the industry. I mean, we're dealing with a company in yeah. aerospace right now and there's only five major players. So you're going to have concentration yeah. one way or the other. So you know, just to That's back up point. a little bit, so you, you brought up a couple of key points and we, we talk about these all the time. And one of the first questions that a buyer is going to ask a bit, our owner, our, our clients is who owns the customer relationship, right? And if everybody points to you as the business owner, well, it's me. So the likelihood is there's going to be a longer transition period. You're going to have to stick in to make this work. Depending, of course, depending on the buyer pool. A lot of people, you know, everybody likes your business to, but, or until, right? There's 99 reasons not to buy and one to buy. So everybody has a checklist, you know, this is good, 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 and then no. And if some buyers come to the table and they say, if you're, if you, if you own all the relationships, you know what? We're not the right buyer for you because we, we need you invested and you got to roll equity and you got to do this. And the owner could be a point in his career or life where like, stop, it's not for me. That's not what I want, right? Understanding what they want, what the goals and objectives is one thing we talk about all the time with our clients. There could be another buyer who's strategic in nature, who has a sophisticated, deep sales, not only sales team, but also processes in place and back offices and like, hey, look, we'll, we'll transition this in a year. We'll be fine. And we're not concerned about it. So taking that approach, when you're looking at a buyer pool, you have to be proactive and look at a, a broader base pool because somebody, everybody's going to like your business as soon as they see the numbers. But when they start digging deep, right, and they find out who owns this, who what's about this, co concentration, growth, who owns your customer relationships, a lot of buyers say, look, we like your numbers, but we're not, the, we're, it's, it doesn't, we're not comfortable and they're going to walk away. So from our perspective is like, you need to bring in multiple parties at the same time to make sure you get the right fit. That's all about. So yeah, I think that's a very, yeah. very good point. And again, same with the customer concentration, you know, some buyers, you know, we could have, we just sold a company a couple of years ago where they had 78% concentration with one customer. Well, who's going to buy that business? Well, the buyer was a company in the same industry, but they had 16 plants around the country and they were full capacity. They needed to put product into their place. So immediately they take in that concentration from 78% down to like 50%. I don't know what it is now. It's probably less than 50%. They weren't concerned about it, right? So your points are really valued. So when you sit with the owner, right? I mean, sometimes... I mean, I know it's like, well, you have your project-based business. You'd be you'd be better if you were, you know, more of a reoccurring revenue-based business or repeat-based, you know. But it's like it, 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 when you're at a point in your career, like, how do you transition that? That's a huge lift. So it's kind of like understanding where it is, and so you don't want to you don't want your client to have any surprises. So you you talk these things through. So yeah. there's so many aspects to it. So I mean, you know. 
and so you're 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 asking a lot of the same questions we are. You're asking them hopefully five years before they get to us, and then and then once you, I guess the, you know how do you you know you put that plan initial plan in place, and that could change, right? I mean, it's not like you're talking to one you have one business owner you talked about where what's their goals, but it could be two business owners, brother, sister, yeah. father, father, daughter, and one's 60, one's 50. One wants to sell. The other one's like, hey, look, I love what I'm doing. I don't want to sell. So you don't have yeah. conflicting you know, positions on where you are in your life and need to spend a million dollars to buy this piece of equipment and the father or brother say, I don't want to spend that. I'm going to retire in two years. I'll never see the return on that. Where the other one who's 10 years younger says we need it. Otherwise our business is going to start to, you know, we're going to start losing margin and we're going to lose to competition. So I mean, you have to have, I mean, you, you, you run a lot of those situations. I'm sure. How do you, how do you kind of address that aspect of it? Cause multiple parties are owners. Yeah. Um, actually that's a, so throughout, like when I'm dealing with a business owner, a business that has multiple business owners um, and, you know, whether they're related or not, you know, just, um, <clears throat> I think you have to, you have to approach it. Our first meeting is going to be with all, all the stakeholders, all the owners, right. And then you have to have individual meetings with each one of them, kind of like, you know, just have conversations, understand each one's separate goals. And then I'll use a diagnostic tool, like, you know, just like a survey with like 40 different questions, you know, with, um, each one. And then what I'll do is I'll, I'll pull it together in a comparison report and show where their gaps are, right? And kind of bring that up in conversation with the group. And then I'll 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 ask them to go and do some homework and have some conversations amongst themselves and then come back, you know, and we'll talk about where those overlaps were, you know, in, you know, um different value drivers for the company some of their goals, you know, just, you know, what their perception, you know, for the company and how to move to a next step. And then, and then, then at that, and I'll assure them that, you know, the first step is kind of understanding and having them communicate what each one is looking for to do. And then we can figure out the right strategy on how to move forward. Um, and that's actually worked pretty well. Um, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a good exercise. Yeah, I mean, we, and, and again, when you, you know, if you have differentiating, you know, views of what you want to do, objectives long-term or short-term, you know, you can find the buyer pool that could satisfy both, right? Yeah. So you have a, you know, we got to, you know, use private equity, for example, right? Look, we love to buy your business. You know, Jim wants to retire, work for a couple of years, transition and retire, and Jay wants to, or, or Jane wants to stay on and, you know, she wants to continue to run. So she'll, she'll roll some equity. She'll be part of the team and she or he will have an opportunity to uh, get a quote unquote second bite of the apple. So you could be, you can meet both objectives uh, through the proper planning process. So when you're ready to put the company up for market, you take care of, you know, Jim over here and you take care of Jane over here. We have several clients um, yeah. where we, one partner retired and uh, when we sold after a short transition, the other one stayed in with an equity stake because they wanted to, right? And it was sure. actually, it was encouraging to the buyer, create a greater value because we have a continuity of management moving forward. Um, and then we have a situation where we're talking to somebody right now, and you may have, you may see this as well. And I'd love to get your perspective on it because where you could help in the planning, they so one 
stockholder retired a couple of years ago, right? But he still has 50% of the company. The other stockholder is working. And since he retired, the business has only increased like sixfold. And, you know, trying to buy out your other shareholder when he's sitting back, you know, and looking up and say, oh, this is this is a great investment. I don't have to do anything anymore. Right. And I'm making all this. I'll, I'll make all this money. And so the one the one shareholder is trying to buy him out. And he's like, I'm not going to. Why do I don't need to sell? You're you're doing a great job for me. And if there was no there's no buy and sell agreements or no nothing. I mean, when you get in you get into these multiple family members or partnership arrangements, you know it's there is a finality. It's gonna someone's gonna exit sooner than the other person. How do you guys address yeah. that? That's actually that's a scenario that's gonna come up that came up in the past that comes up now and will come up in the future and you hit the problem right on the head. You know, if you don't, so part of the process is also having a continuity plan because there is a difference between business succession and exit planning, right? right. Succession is the, you know, who takes care, who, who operates the company when you can't, you know, you're disabled, you pass away. Um, so you put together these buy sell agreements to determine a value to make sure that there's an agreement among you know you know among the stakeholders the owners and the companies to say okay this is how we're going to value the company this is what's going to happen you know when there's a disability when there's death when somebody wants to retire they're no longer active in the business this is what's going to take place when that's not put into place you're in a stalemate because that you know you have to basically entice like if there's because in most situations you probably have a company with the same, like everyone's got, you know, even though you're, let's just say I have an example, an S corp or an LLC and, you know, a non-active, you know, business owner who has a 50% stake in a business, they probably have 50% voting rights. So legally, you know, there's no agreement in place to, you know, for the operation of the company with making big decisions, you know, without getting the agreements of that non-active member or shareholder. Right. So it's, you know, there's no easy fix to it, but I think there's, there's conversations about, you know, about value, about, I had this situation probably 15 years ago, my first time, 15, 20 years ago, high-end car dealership down South, two brothers inherit a business from their dad and each 50, 50 owners. One just enjoyed money and liked to, you know, like to just have fun. And the other one was left his career in finance to run this business and grew it. So similar to your scenario, this, this situation, right? Um, so I guess the point, I don't think we can have an easy solution, but like we can make a valid point. The valid point is, you know, document your business continuity plan, you know, as part of a process and working with, you know, a team of advisors like myself and, and, and you and with the CPA is kind of like, you know, put the objectives in place, you know, identify personal and business resources, know what the value is of your business, um, you know, make your business more transferable, uh, easier to run, um, put a plan in place, you know, for an exit down the road. Um, so going back to, you know, operate your business like it's for sale tomorrow review the different types of exit options, which you talked about, you know, Keith, and which one might fit or might not. It doesn't have to be a hard decision, but you kind of narrow it down and have a, a couple of paths forward to where you might want to get to, depending on what the market looks like. 
And then a big part of it, and what I love to do is the personal wealth and tax planning. So with my tax background, putting strategies in place for business owners to help them, you know, you know, help them save, you know, taxes, because, you know, even if you get the highest value in the market for them, you know, and I know you will, you know, we have to put some strategies in place where we can minimize the tax impact. So the end result is uh, more money for their lifestyle and for their goals. Yeah. So exit planning, continuity planning, we could spend a whole season of podcasts just talking about this subject, but we're kind of running out of time right now, but I would love to have you come back uh, to kind of talk about some case studies, some scenarios that uh, integrated you and integrated have been involved with uh, in, a, in a future podcast. If that works for you, we'll, you know, we'll have you back as a guest and uh, really appreciate your time today. Thanks, Keith. Had a great time and um, I look forward to it. Uh, Richard Austin, Integrated Partners. Uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, again, my name's Keith D. I'm president of Osage Advisors. Osage Advisors is an investment bank working with family close-sale businesses looking to sell. Typically, our clients have um, upwards of $5 million uh, to $150 million of, of sales. To learn more about Osage Advisors, you can visit our website at uh, osageadvisors.com. If you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to subscribe at our YouTube channel, The Ins and Outs of Selling a Business. You can email me with any questions at kdee at osageadvisors.com or feel free to give me a call at 860-767-3273, extension 1001. Thanks again and have a great day.